0: Hey, welcome to the P40 podcast. I'm Shireen Vishmaya in San Francisco, and I am so excited to be sitting with Christina Caudill in Tallahassee, Florida. She's an evolutionary astrologer, and um, we met for the first time at UAC in Chicago, just, God, when was that? A couple months ago, right? In May. In May, so welcome, Christina. Hello, Shireen, so excited to be here with you. (laughs) I love having you, and um, so maybe um, just to give my listeners a little bit more um, background, I'd love to know like how you got into astrology and like what what your passions are. Since you've got a lot of planets in Scorpio, I want to know yes. all your some
1: passions. Scorpio, so,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I won't share them all here
0: because okay. Scorpio likes to keep some secrets. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, no, we can't share all of them. No, but this right. is
1: between friends, so sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, okay. Good. Yeah. yeah. Whatever.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just love it that, you know, we're on the eve of Venus entering Scorpio. Um, yes. Then maybe that, you know, I maybe I'm a little more comfortable with sharing some of my secrets, but um, I actually, I come from the art world. So I spent about 12 years running a contemporary art gallery with my partner now husband in Atlanta And, um, it was really his big dream. And I just kind of was along for the ride because, um, you know, being a son in Capricorn and 12th house, I kind of just thought I was supposed to be, you know, in moon and Scorpio. I'm great at being behind the scenes and helping others, you know, be successful and just I'm the practical one. And that was great for, you know, many years until I really felt like it was my time to shine. And the only thing really that I felt I could really delve into and get obsessed over, which <laughs> which is very Scorpionic, was yeah. astrology. And um, so I actually was a client of an astrologer for many years. Um, and I never thought that I, it was something that I would go out and do. But, um, you know, I think Saturn was transiting my Uranus, in Scorpio. And I just got really serious about it. And even my astrologer, who was an amazing guy, um, just was kind of limited into what what he could really help me with when it came to things like, why am I here? And what is my purpose? Because mm-hmm. um, he was more sort of traditional um, mm-hmm. kind of predictive. Okay. So that led me to evolutionary astrology, which really helps to uncover things like, you know, the, the bigger picture, I find.
0: Yeah, for sure. And,
1: yeah, and then and you get these, like, the resonance from past lives and, mm-hmm. and purpose and soul intention and things like that. And so that just became sort of the language that really spoke to me and that I started following that. And now I, I'm an evolutionary astrologer myself.
0: Great. Yeah, that makes sense with your 12th house son, too, that you would need something deeper. And I, I've noticed that you've also been really into a lot of the union work and oh yes. astrology, too. So that's why I thought it'd be great to have a conversation with you because we share that passion in common.
1: Hmm, And I loved your talk at UAC. Um, on Saturn and individuation because it really it actually opened my eyes a lot to even the concept of individuation and how that's separate from being like an individual yes. you know and so just seeing how like the, the Saturn and the Uranus interplay you know happens with the development of the individual so especially because I have um, my Uranus opposition coming up soon so <laughs> and,
0: that, and Christina that's an excellent segue. Into why we are sitting down together today? Because I would say sitting down together because we're at our computers, but you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> feels like we're our in each other. souls
1: are meeting together yeah. in the temple of Scorpio. <laughs> uh,
0: because we're we just had the Saturn station. Actually, we wanted to record this. Um, like I think we were crazy enough to try to schedule it like the day before Saturn was stationing when we were completely exhausted and overwhelmed. But. Um, Lesson learned, do not schedule anything if you can during Saturn stations. <laughs> I, I don't know why as an astrologer, I don't know this already, but it's like the most exhausting time. That and the Mars station, the combination back-to-back, I think we need to keep our schedules so light. But anyway, that's a digression.
1: Stations, yeah. they. You know, I recorded a, a podcast when Uranus was stationing retrograde at one time. <laughs> and no, don't do that one either because I suddenly – there was like people walking in and out of my room I was in and all this noise and all this construction. Yeah. And I was like, why did I do that?
0: <laughs> after Mercury stations, of course, too, then the, the, the recording won't happen. That happened to me once that we tried to do it on a Mercury station and the recording was lost and then like mer- miraculously oh. reappeared like months later. And we put it on oh. <laughs> conversation That's with the a guardian. Direct, probably. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but we thought we wanted to talk about this really powerful energy, not only of Saturn coming out of retrograde, kind of the finale of the you know the retrograde summer. We had basically everything retrograde pretty much. And um, it's really accurate, precise astrology right there. Everything was retrograde now, but yeah. we have six planets retrograde. It was a lot of retrograde planets. And um, I think Saturn was kind of the last one hanging on. And so, I mean, although there's still, I don't even know what's red. Pluto's still retrograde, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Pluto's still so until right. the end of the month.
0: Neptune, yeah, but um,
1: and Neptune too, yeah. I think
0: yeah, so. and Venus is about to, which we're going to talk about too. But um, what we what I think really inspired us to sit down and talk about Saturn station is that we also have that powerful trine with Uranus. So I didn't even make the connection that mm-hmm. perhaps we were supposed to be talking about individuation again mm-hmm. during this mm-hmm. conversation.
1: Yes. And um you know, because Saturn Saturn and Capricorn, you know, that is the purest form of Saturn we're going to get because Saturn's returned home to Capricorn. And um, you know, any kind of retrograde, I often think of retrograde periods as that planet is somehow is kind of like back on its heels and i think it was aaron sullivan who'd said that like a, in a retrograde subconsciously something is thrown into chaos
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and on some level our psyche is struggling to make order out of it that's why things can feel so you know disorient disorientating um and you know, of course the summer was so many planets retrograde um then it, we really felt like like, how can we sort of navigate this, this part of ourselves, even when some of it wasn't fully conscious, you know? We have some kind of instinct that things are out of order, or things are in chaos, and maybe we can't really get a grasp on what they are until later. I mean, we focus so much on the retrograde period, but I love that we're talking about Saturn, um, this, you know, this Saturn and Capricorn and the station direct after it's happened, because really the, the real insight is when we look back, you know, and then we can sense and maybe even consciously understand more of what we were struggling with on a personal level.
0: Yes, Although he's still, I mean, the other thing I think to note, which is important is that we're, he's still in that station. Like, so even though technically there, you know, he, he's technically moving forward, but he's really kind of stopped. I mean, he's so slow. He's going to be at two degrees. Mm-hmm until the end of the month. So I don't know if we'll actually feel we're out of that um, stuckness completely. I don't know. I feel like we're kind of in a, sat- a Saturn holding period. Yeah, I end. was going to say
1: like a holding pattern. Now, a lot of times what we look at in after you know retrograde is the trine with the sun. Um, and so we just had the sun trining Saturn um, at the end of August. It was like August 25th. That were There was that grand trine with the no, sun. The
0: grand earth trying.
1: Yeah, with the grand earth trine with the sun, Saturn and Uranus. And I think a lot of people did feel a little bit like at least the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Like we're ready to get out of this um, yeah. backwards motion and some intention that we can make something better. We can, you know, reconstruct what was deconstructed um and but you know it's going to take us some time um because saturn is you know saturn is saturn they say it's supposed to be i think about five days before and after the station is really when you know we're sort of in that holding pattern um Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have my son at six degrees Capricorn. So this has been, and it feels like the Saturn's been on it the whole time. <laughs> you know.
0: Mm-hmm. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah you, I'm sure you're really feeling that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably why intuitively I felt to connect to you for this talk because I was like, hmm, Capricorn Saturn. Um, you know, and Saturn rules time, and I do notice that everyone feels, especially I think with the Mars coming out of retrograde in Saturn's sign of Capricorn too mm-hmm. so there's that interesting even though they're very far away from each other in the constellation there's still that kind of resonance between Mars being exalted in Capricorn Saturn sign and then Saturn being in Capricorn his own sign mm-hmm. so I feel like it's like this very powerful um, surge forward like I notice people are like I don't have any time I've got to get things done now I've got to really get my shit together I've got to look at where I'm wasting my money my time my energy it's like really time to clean it up especially with Virgo it's always like the cleanup time isn't it Uh but it just feels like there's this extra I mean having two of those heavyweight planets two malefics really powerful right now I can feel it it's like bearing down on us to do the right thing and to like you know be very very mindful and conscious of where we put our energy and and you and I, before we started the actual recording, we're talking about all the intensity in the news uh, Mm -hmm. with maybe the people, you know, sometimes it's hard to manage these energies, you know, if we don't know what to do with these very intense energies, that can sometimes explode into the negative, like Mars is the tower archetype. So I think when it's unconscious, if it's too strong, can be, can Mm -hmm. be like explosions and burnt things, burning down.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we were just talking the other day that, like, what I tend to expect from a Saturn station is time slows down, and things seem maybe more frustrating or or just heavier in general, which I think we did get to a certain degree, but we were saying how chaotic it felt, like, even more than, like, than normal, and I think it was the, I mean, I know today we've got, um, you know, Mars, square, Venus, both at anoretic degrees, you know, 29 degrees or it's just this like urgent like kind of frustration wanting to get on to the next thing um also the sun opposite neptune um which i mean i think that is I read somewhere someone described it as scandal and i thought "Ooh, what kind of scandal do we have and i woke up this morning and you know i don't normally like check like the pop culture and it was scandal after scandal after scandal
0: oh um, yeah there is that because all the secrets kind of come out with the neptune it's like all of the projections and illusions and,
1: mm-hmm. and over like just overdoing things you know like just no boundaries kinda. oh yeah mm-hmm
0: yeah no boundaries yeah. no yeah and, and just p- paranoia too i mean yeah. a very paranoid planet mm-hmm. so it can bring that out um and yeah
1: Potter? Yeah, so it's funny because it's like usually Saturn, I would think a Saturn station in Capricorn would take up the whole space, but this time there is a lot of competing energy <laughs> out there that oh, feels yeah. so much here, But you yeah. know, but, but when we look at Saturn being Lord Karma, and in Capricorn, it's almost like he's not giving an inch, you know? You, right. you can't really get away with too much when you're stoking drama or... You know, or that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, exactly. We have to walk a really tight line, I think, right now with with Sat. Especially, I do feel like that combination of Saturn being in being so strong and now coming out of retrograde, and then Mars at that anaretic degree twenty nine exalt exaltation, about to go back into the South Node, which is definitely cleaning out old karmic patterns and finishing up all that <laughs> Mars retrograde work of the summer. That it's there's a lot of um, it it has that feeling of you know the ship's about to hit the fan in the next Mm -hmm. month I feel Um, because it's yeah it's just such an intense period and I don't know I mean it'd be really interesting to see that yeah the 29 degrees with Venus and Mars I feel like okay they're definitely in some kind of communication and I always think of the 29 degree mark as like mastery like trying to get us to master something before we can move on it's kind of like your last chance to get the lesson so maybe we are all being asked to look at what is the lesson in the part of your chart where you've got the 29 um libra energy happening the 29 capricorn energy happening It was pretty intense also last week on that dark moon and cancer yes you square to those energies too <laughs>
1: Oh and, um, the, you know, it's funny cause my midheaven is 28 degrees Libra. So, you know, it's for, kind of perfect now that we've got this, uh, oh, with my Scorpio sister. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it, what it made me think of is I've told you, you know, I was I like opened up whatever my the internet today, and I saw the story with Cardi B, the rapper that's had this like meteoric rise, oh. and she apparently last night um there was a party for the uh, the icons party for the New York Fashion Week, and she had gotten into it with um, Nicki Minaj, and now you know I'm not normally the reporter for you know pop culture, but it was just so incredible to me that like it was so dramatic you know here these women were they're dressed up in gowns and yet like supposedly Nicki Minaj stepped on Cardi B's gown so that it would rip and she like took her shoe off and like threw it at Nicki Minaj and they just really got into it and these like dramatic pictures of Cardi B walking out, escorted out by the police, like with this huge, like golf golf ball size gash on her on her forehead, yeah. you know. And it what it made me think of. And then Cardi B writes a tweet saying, or Instagram or whatever, saying, um, "I've let so much slide for the longest time. This girl has, you know, acted so nice to my face and been so like mean behind my back. And then she like talked." about my daughter or something like that, whatever. And she was like, it was the last straw. And that to me, it's kind of like, that just made me think about what you were talking about, about the, those lessons of the 29 degrees, like we've got to get this, you know, we, we've got to deal with this urgent lesson. So to me, it was like, she let this, her friend get away with being nice to her face. You know, that's, I would think that's a very Venus and Libra. You know, I was like, okay, I'll let you get away with things. I just want things to be nice on the surface. But then, with Venus going to Scorpio,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like all bets are off. <laughs> Revenge is about to kick in. Yeah, it's like the shadow. Get ready for the shadow of all that Libra. Yeah, the the Libra doesn't want to rock the boat, but Scorpio will do it.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, so Scorpio won't isn't isn't concerned about it you know, not rocking the boat, you know, it's about getting real going deep. And um, that, you know, anytime we deal with Scorpio, Pluto, there's usually something been going on for a long time that hasn't been dealt with. And because it hasn't been dealt with, and it's been pushed under the rug, it festers. And it can just, and then once we have to deal with it it's ugly it's become a monster in some way you know and it needs to be dealt with
0: yeah yeah or yes for sure especially I think with Pluto since Pluto's such a slow-moving planet that that's why it's the evolutionary planet right because it's like Mm -hmm. lifetimes and lifetimes to crack all of the Pluto rage and resentment that can get built up in the psyche it's pretty phenomenal and then I feel with Scorpio it's like that ongoing lesson of Dying to the old self, like the ego death that we have to constantly go through. And that's a difficult Venus journey, which I mean, maybe that's a good segue for since you and I were both born under Mm -hmm. uh, Venus in Scorpio, and um, she's in her shadow, she's going to actually go into. She's actually transiting into Scorpio on the new moon, which I think is really significant. And what do you think actually, Christina? I was gonna ask you, what do you think about this whole nine 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 portal of the Virgo New Moon and the Scorpio connection with that? Oh, I
1: hadn't heard of that. I hadn't heard of the nine nine nine. I know nine is now I'm not a numerologist, but I know that nine is uh like a what is it, like wrapping up or ending. It's like the an ending number.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's the completion or whole completion, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, so maybe there is, um, there's things around relationships, um, or, you know, our deep connections that need completion and, you know, they can feel ancient when we're dealing with Scorpio, things that are really ancient. You know, I've never been one to be like, to really kind of go into the, sort of twin soul, kind of twin flame thing. I know there's a lot of people that are really into that. For me, I've seen it play out in ways where people will, will kind of let someone else away with bad behavior or they will, you know, or they'll just put up with so much abuse or whatever and say, oh, but that's, he's my twin soul or, you know, or maybe the person just isn't into you, but the first, yeah. you know, the other woman's like, "Oh, but he's my twin soul, and it's supposed to be like this." Twin flame. Well, yeah, a lot of yeah twin flame, soul. twin soul, whatever. I mean, I'm not saying there's there's nothing to it. I mean, when you like, for me, when I see, um, like say Venus on the South Node in Sinistry or a composite or something, then and I've had that too myself. Then you really feel like, "Ooh, there's something from the past, past lives." that yeah. does need to be somehow resolved in this lifetime. Or we were brought together for some reason, even yeah. if it's painful, even if we don't even know, you know, why we have this deep connection. Um,
0: yeah. and, that, and so yeah, go and, ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just saying we might see more of that now, these kind of themes coming up where we're just compelled, you know, to to have some kind of interaction, deep interaction with another and we need to really broaden our our definition of what it means to be a soulmate or twin flame or twin soul or whatever you know it's not necessarily um happy you know happiness ever after or whatever but but just having that connection of another soul where you're deeply are bonded um mm-hmm. it, there's something really precious about that i think
0: well yeah and i feel like um, this go- this circles back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the conversation with retrograde what are what retrograde cycles about and I feel um, especially with Venus retrograde um, since that's the next upcoming really powerful retrograde starting October 6th um, in Scorpio um, that it does I mean you were saying it, it can throw us into chaos because we it, it throws us back in in on ourselves and i feel um it also to me when i the more i work with retrograde planets i really see the karmic connection with cycles like lessons that are unfinished from past lives and um, where the individual wants to focus more internally on that archetypal energy or that planetary energy so that 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 particular planetary god becomes more of a a stronger teacher, I feel, for that person because it, they're working on it so deeply and so repetitively. Because to me, I always feel retrogrades are kind of the way of the cosmos to say, "All right, slow down and really work on this particular issue. Like, stop just doing it on autopilot externally. Like now, you've got to really. We're going to make it harder, so you have to do the internal work on it and see the patterns. I feel like retrogrades really help us see the patterns. So, um. But Venus, what I love about the Venus retrograde, um, and maybe this speaks to the whole twin soul thing is that I do feel there's this particular alchemy that happens because it's you know it's actually very linked to alchemy Venus retrograde mm. and um, and that it's a chance to really delve into our karmic patterns in relationships I mean it's also very considered a very magical portal because of the whole because of the alchemical connection and taking us on that journey through the underworld um, but I love it because it really also gives us a chance to look at whether we're in a twin flame or whatever kind of partnership or not, we can look at our, our relationship patterns and see like, okay, what, what is this relationship mirroring back to me about the way I am, I am in relationship or not in, re, not in conscious relationship with myself? Mm
1: -hmm. yes because and that's so important with venus because it's you know the dual goddess Mm -hmm. and she's ruler of taurus which is about the self self self-sufficiency and actually even biological survival Mm -hmm. um and then also ruling libra which is the other in relation with the other so um with venus coming into scorpio you know, and Venus and Scorpio already, as we know, you know, is about this intense intensity and relating. Um, And then when she goes retrograde, maybe we will see either ourselves or others really hungry for deep connection. And we want to ask ourselves, how much, you know, do we need to really turn back this hunger onto ourselves, first of all, and see where we're denying our own self-sufficiency su- su- when it comes to love, our own self-love, even.
0: Self-love is a big one, mm-hmm. I feel. It's retrograde. Yes yeah, so then
1: only can we then reach out or open up even to a healthy relationship. Um, I also think that with Venus and Scorpio, we tend to, like, we're rarely um, neutral about anyone, right? It's,
0: yeah. Scorpio yeah. is
1: about um, is what is it like it's attraction and repelling. Um,
0: yeah,
1: I love which ways. I think is so good though, because they, you know, when you are fully who you're meant to be and expressing yourself completely authentically, then yeah, you will likely maybe really attract people or really repel people. And so, um, whereas when it, you know, if we're looking at everything from a spiritual perspective, and if we really have these triggers from another person, then maybe that's something within ourselves that we've disowned and said, you know, oh, I'm not that, you know, that, that, that is not me. And that's something I reject when, in fact, you know, we create these personas that we think are, we think are, who are ourselves, when in fact, you know, we're so much bigger than that. And um, it, it can really help for us to look at how we are projecting our shadow onto others um, if we have these extreme sort of reactions to others.
0: Yes, I do feel Venus and Scorpio is a lot of shadow play that happens mm-hmm. in relationships that often the, the person with the Venus and Scorpio learns about shadow, but also can be the scapegoat of a lot of shadow, like for the partner, mm-hmm. I've noticed, can be like the... Pieces of the partner's psychology that they don't want to confront that gets kind um, of projected onto the Venus and Scorpio, or just this isn't even just in romantic relationships. I just think this is kind of what, which makes Venus and Scorpio good counselors and psychologists for that reason, because you're supposed to take on the shadow mm. um, or help the other person become conscious of the shadow. Um, but I have a feeling for all of us collectively during this Venus retrograde in Scorpio, we're gonna be looking at a lot of shadow material. The the whole Me Too thing will probably resurface another level. And um, I imagine that um, we're gonna be also revisiting whatever themes were happening. I keep thinking back to the last Venus retrograde in Scorpio from October, 2010, eight years ago thinking okay so what unfinished business from that Venus retrograde you know emotionally like what were we going through in our relationships with our partners or with money um or with our value system back in fall of 2010 that we need to reconsider now um for this next period which will be October I guess it's it's October 6th through the 14th of November I believe like not including the shadow we're already in the shadow actually so some of the retrograde themes may already be surfacing actually some of the stories mean, so i think she's already
1: making her presence known you know that with the me too thing you know what's interesting is you know it 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 started out it was like harvey weinstein was the bad guy and all the women were empowered um against him and guys like him and they were we we're just rooting him out like one after the other that And then it seems like I now, you know, I don't know if it's Venus is in shadow or whatever. There's this other phase to it where now Asia Argento is a target, you know, like she supposedly abused somebody and then, and then there's these lies. And then now, um, Rose McGowan has turned against her and, you know, (laughs) so women, you know, the the feminine now is going to have to also maybe deal with our own shadow, um, and I think in the patriarchy, what what we just see so much is the patriarchy grows in strength when women are pitted against one another, you know, when we cannot stand in solidarity with one another. Um, and so, you know, I think it's worth, worth reflecting on and, and observing, you know, can we really truly support one another? Um, and I mean, yeah, okay, we can't always 100% all the time, you know, of, of course, sometimes there's things that we think go beyond just our gender. But if we truly are having a movement for women, then, you know, it's definitely something we want to look at, I think.
0: Yes, yes. Um, and, yeah, and it'll be interesting to watch what happens in the progression when Venus retrogrades back into Libra because so we start with Scorpio, but of course she will be mm-hmm. going back. And it's, I just I hadn't thought about this till just now, but since the shadows happening at the same time, that you know, obviously, I hadn't made the connection between how the shadow period with Venus at those last degrees of Libra um, square Mars is mm-hmm. part, of the pre, part of the trailer, I guess you would say of whatever movie. And then
1: there would be a T square most of this month. With uh, uh, you know, with Venus opposing Uranus, squaring Mars.
0: Yes, oh, that's right. And this is that that whole Venus opposite Uranus. I forgot that's going to be mm-hmm. the kind of that's the. Um, this is the first time we've had the Venus Uranus opposition, isn't it? In Scorpio Taurus.
1: Yeah, in Scorpio Taurus. Yes. That's so that Scorpio Taurus axis. Ooh, do you have any Taurus planets?
0: I do. I have one. I have Saturn there.
1: Oh, me too. Oh no, no, sorry, no. My center. I have my south node. What degree is yours
0: My degree is um, 19.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah, my my trying
0: Trying the south node. wait, isn't your north node uh? 21. Yeah.
1: 21. it's
0: close to your south node. Yeah.
1: So it's that polarity. You know, they say the um Taurus Scorpio axis I've heard it been described as the pleasure principle and there's certainly some of that as well but I think it goes even beyond you know just pleasure it can be I think our our actual biological desires and needs on a sexual level on an intimacy level um you know if the shadow of Taurus is survival anxiety, and actually, even maybe biological survival anxiety, um, and limitation, um, and the growth toward Scorpio, or the sort of polarity with Scorpio. The balance needed is to to go beyond, go into the unknown, to expand, and to to push past limitations. Yeah. Um, you know, even beyond. What we think we can handle on a survival level you know and so that's really that that bonding with not only just another human being you know or another person's resources but it can be anything that that really shapes us on a on an internal level on a soul level mm-hmm.
0: um and so yeah the creation i always think of the Taurus the scorpio as the creation destruction axis mm that we need the Taurus for, like, the, the gardening and the planting and the, you know, the growing and stabilizing influence. And Scorpio kind of comes and tears it all up, you know, starts the process all over again. Um,
1: yeah, because Scorpio is regeneration, you know, and so it's ultimately, even though we think of it as death, it is just as much about regeneration as well, because the only... You know, we can only really grow and start the cycle again once one cycle is complete.
0: Yes, the letting go. The letting go is the hard part, I think, in that axis. And mm-hmm. so I do feel this Venus retrograde in Scorpio will be a lot of deep. It's always a lot of deep letting go lessons, you know, and a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of death and rebirth.
1: Mm -hmm. One thing that I've noticed just in talking to clients ever since the Uranus um, ingressed into Taurus was I've heard so many people, and I think some of this might also have something to do with the Chiron and Aries too, but um, so many people that have dealt with some kind of either pain or some kind of limitation about themselves or shame or whatever, and then suddenly feeling like, like one day, boom, it's gone. You know, they're able to let go of some limiting belief or something that's been just blocking them forever. And I think that's a beautiful, you know, manifestation of the Uranus, that great liberator.
0: Yes, I do. And it's kind of unexpected and it's quite lightning quick and um kind of feels like it's out of nowhere but it's been a long time coming but it does have that feeling of like whoa like where did it go like somebody just gave it's almost like electric shock therapy or something like somebody Mm -hmm. just takes the trauma out of your brain suddenly Mm -hmm. and you yeah you're liberated it's it's really interesting uranus does have that ability doesn't it
1: Mm -hmm. yeah because it's like we you know there yes it can be about Uh, shattering you know something that we were depending on for so long that's you know the Taurus, but it can also be about releasing and awakening and opening up to evolution Um, i think it's been showing us a lot of changing in dynamics
0: Um,
1: i've often seen people just freak out when uranus is coming to like say their descendant you know their relationship cusp and sometimes that can mean a you know sudden end to a relationship. Sometimes it can mean opening it up to something new or just the change in the dynamic. With, say, for instance, with my husband and I, we, um, I used to work for him for his art gallery, you know, for many years. And then when Uranus came up to our composite descendant this summer, he, I finally got him to work for me, <laughs> you know. He, uh, I mean, it was just for the summer because he's, oh, he's, driving, yeah. because he's getting his MFA. But still, he—I literally had to. I was so busy that he dropped everything and was working for me. And I thought, how great is this? <laughs> like, now I'm the boss.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's sweet. And like just experimenting with changing the dynamics, and I do think it's a lot of experimentation. And actually, that's a great way to um, go back to. Um, our original intention in this conversation with the Saturn station, we wanted to talk about, you know, what we can learn from Saturn, um, just Saturn and Capricorn in general. And since it's very strong right now, making a strong presence and while having that strong link to the Uranus and Taurus, since there's something going mm-hmm. on there, I, I it, it has me thinking about this whole question of individuation. So part of, I think my, what might be going on for us collectively is, with that supportive act with that supportive aspect between Saturn and Uranus and the earth signs that we have an opportunity right now. And it's interesting because I have noticed a lot of conversations emerging around owning your uniqueness, like making sure that that's your priority because Saturn's all about prioritizing and how you spend your time and how you direct your life force really. And like how you structure it and, um, and that you make up your own rules. I feel like, you know, we know during Saturn return, that's a time when you have to really cut the emotional cords with your parents and come into your own sense of authority mm-hmm. over your life and um, you know make sure that you're creating a structure based on your own value system. And so with Taurus being such a sign of values, I'm like, hmm, maybe this is really this wonderful gift and opportunity we have right now to step into our own value, to really, really honor our own value system and to embody it for us, really embody it, and then give form or give crystallization or structure to that value system, give a voice, give a voice to our, what we really love, what we really want to create and grow through what we've spent Mm -hmm. our time on. Because a lot of times people will say, yeah, this is what I really love, or this is what I value, but I have to do this with my time, or I have to do that, or there's no time for it. You hear that all the time. I don't have time for the things that I really love and value. Well, why is that? Why don't we change the paradigm during this? I think that's what this time is about for us. Oh God,
1: yes, uh, that totally. Uh, that's such a beautiful way of articulating it. And you know, what I often, you know, when I think of Saturn in Capricorn being about commitment, mm-hmm. and that word tends to scare people because it's like, oh, commitment. But um, you know, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen this. I remember when I was first being trained as a life coach. One of the things, and I still go back to this all the time, is at the very basic level. A lot of times when people are struggling in life, it's because they're not living their values. And the first step is you know, I know this exercise in life coaching is just asking the person to name their top like five values in life what do you most value over anything else? And once you can, you know, actually be honest with yourself and really know that these are your values, then what can you do to start living those values? You know, like how we spend our time, where we spend our money, where we put our focus. Yeah. That really shows us where our values truly are. Um, And then like with this Uranus coming up, I've seen people with, especially those with Taurus signatures, um, the Uranus and Taurus, you know, they've, had a certain identity for their whole lives, maybe, and suddenly they don 't know where out of the blue they just feel different, they feel like living different or being different, or you know what, what, whatever you have in Taurus <laughs> i don 't care what degree it is I feel like i've been seeing it 's been shaken up by Uranus um, and perhaps maybe any of the um, fixed signs but there's and so it 's like just go with what you know to be true now and And you can always just restart, just recommit. I mean, you know, they say we can do anything, we can do anything. We can't do everything, like right now,
0: right? Right.
1: (laughs) You can do anything, but you can't do everything. So you want to commit to that which you feel is in alignment with these values, even if they're completely new values.
0: Yes. And Saturn's so much about integrity and streamlining and not Mm -hmm. wasting. Like Saturn hates waste more than anything. Um, one of my my astrology teacher Edwin Steinbrecher rest in peace before he passed away he used to always say that the biggest question you ask Saturn is like he said Saturn's like a good father he'll give you what you want people always think he's limiting he's not limiting he just needs to know that you what you're asking for you know from your reality is actually something you will use and that you you know something you actually will use and you need and what do you need it for what are you going to use it for like if you can say I need this amount of money it's not that he would say oh you should be conservative not ask for a lot of money but you shouldn't ask for it if you don't actually have a purpose for it you shouldn't just ask Mm. because you want it but if you like hey i need this amount of money but this is what i need it for so i'm going to do this Mm. this with it and you're very clear about the use of it no problem it's in alignment it's an integrity but again it has to also be an integrity with your value system you can't just be like yeah i want you know two million dollars so that i look like a big shot i mean you can if that's actually your re like you narcissist, I guess. And, you know, that's your reality. You probably can manifest it. You know, that's the thing. These planets don't really have, we always project this like kind of moral judgment on them. And they're more like, they just have their own ways. They have their own things they govern, you know? Yes. So Saturn, Saturn's not like, oh, I'm going to decide if it's good or bad. Saturn is like, look, what are you going to, does it have a use? Is it wasteful? Is it an alignment? Is it an integrity? What are the karmic consequences of it? That's what Saturn's governing.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's funny, I think I just today saw someone, um, I can't remember who it was, I think it was an astrologer saying um, that they are really glad they're having, they're having some Saturn transit. And they said, they just, they just remember that Saturn is not their friend. Saturn is just their, the taskmaster, (laughs) you know, and it's like, and I think it's great that we get, we get to really be familiar with the qualities of these planets, you know, Beyond just good or bad because Saturn can really bring gifts. I mean, I had Saturn on my son, um, you know, six degrees Capricorn in January of this year. I had to, I literally had my butt in my seat at my desk and I asked my husband, just, just feed me three times a day, you know, just please bring food. (laughs) And I was working so hard I had to be so focused you know, I had to be completely focused on what I was doing, I was running two programs at the same time and doing readings and stuff. But, oh my God, I had the most success I think I've ever had since I launched my business. Um, it ended up being, you know, really great for me. It ended up being an up level. My husband even said to me, I, you've reached a milestone. I think you crossed a milestone a personal milestone. And I was really glad that he actually even acknowledged that. Cause all I knew was I was just like sitting from my computer <laughs> for
0: like a month completely.
1: And, um, and Saturn did finally actually bring me blessings from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I also see, I did want to also clear up that I've heard people saying about Saturn and Capricorn being the patriarchy. Um, I think it's more neutral than that. You know, Saturn is obviously ruler, rules Capricorn. Um, and it's about the authorities in our lives and even our own personal internal authority, but it's about authority, structure, government. I really think that's ever since Pluto entered Capricorn, which was in 2008. Can you believe it's been almost eight, 10 years? I know,
0: isn't that crazy? Yeah, is <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. now Pluto is about those you know, power, abuse of power, power struggles, you know, things like that. So to me, you know, we've been seeing, I mean, I don't know, obviously the, the whole patriarchy has been going on a lot longer than 2008, but I think it's maybe been coming more into our conscious awareness in society and, um, you know, the, the Pluto being about, Again, power and the perversions of power or the abuse of power. And Saturn now coming along, um, hopefully being able to bring some karma and bring some, um, you know, responsibility and setting things a little more in alignment with, you know, the karmic, um, karmic responsibility for people.
0: Yes, I agree. No, exactly. Karmic karmic responsibility and Saturn definitely does favor hard work and consistency and discipline and commitment and, and showing up. And, um, so there is a lot of that going on right now. And my sense is with this new moon is what, what degree is this? new moon 18 Virgo. And so it's in that it's in a trine with Pluto. That's right.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. And Jupiter is sextile yeah. both of, uh, you yeah, know, the new moon and Pluto.
0: Yeah, that's, it, it does feel, even without the numerology, they say the numerology of the triple nine is very powerful for manifestation. Mm. Uh, and Virgo is very magical. And- oh,
1: so then that would be, a, so we really need to be setting our intentions for that then.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is a very powerful, powerful new moon. And it, mm. the nine is also the vibration of the hermit archetype. So I do feel there's also this like return to self. And that goes back to the whole individuation conversation that I would recommend, I mean, what I've been recommending for my clients um, and just in general, I feel, is um, to work with that archetype, work with the hermit archetype, because it is a way of looping back in. The way the nine, the number nine loops back in on itself and the glyph of Virgo loops back in on itself and the hermit, even if you look at his body posture, he's looping back in on himself. I feel this is the time we've got to come back into ourselves and come back into those questions that you and I were talking about. What are, you know? What's your value system? What are your priorities? What are you spending time on? Yeah. Um, we don't have endless amounts of time, is what Saturn teaches us. You know, there's very limited time. We don't know how much time we have, but even not knowing it's not much. So we mm-hmm. always overestimate how much time we think we have and it goes so fast. Mm-hmm. So we don't have time to waste.
1: And you know, it makes me think of um, what Liz Green has said about Capricorn is the entire esoteric concept of initiation is Capricorn it's connected to Capricorn Um, and what that's about is because you know the initiate must take the experiences they've had with spirit and higher consciousness and integrate them with their earthly realm and their environment in order to pass the phase of you know the next phase of spiritual development Um, so Saturn and Capricorn is about making you know fusing the spirit with the earthy, earthly realm and yeah. um it makes me think of the hero's journey too because in the hero's journey the hero you know goes passes the ordinary ordinary realm into the extraordinary realm and then yeah. goes through all these tests and transformation but ultimately has to return home and you know returns home with being changed and um And so Saturn is now, has now returned home to Capricorn after 29 years of being on its own hero's journey, you know, throughout the Zodiac.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's about integrating all the experiences with, you know, bringing it back into reality because Capricorn is reality. It's what works and it's really defining ourselves anew, like for this new phase
0: yeah that's beautiful christina and that's actually a really beautiful note to end on because we're running out of time but i love time 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 (laughs) I know but i really yeah i really love that that is a final note that was really beautifully um spoken and i um i loved having it was just really wonderful to have your presence here because i just feel like you just went through such a strong saturn energy so you're embodying that Mm -hmm. thing so nicely and um yeah and maybe we can have a it might be nice for us to have a follow-up conversation on the other side of the venus yes Yes,
1: we will i'm gonna want to hear all your
0: secrets (laughs) (laughs) Yay! well thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today and um we'll definitely pick it up again i'm sure
1: so much shireen this has been such an honor and i just love connecting with you i love your energy and i love all that you have to to share with astrology and all your wisdom. So, thank you.
0: Aww, thank you so much. All right. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>